ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Fonsi, Mario Sacco, back with you here on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation as we go back to our guest line to bring on our next guest. He is the color analyst for the SU radio broadcast, Jim Sadlin. Our guest on the show, he uh, had a front row seat to that 84-82 loss last night inside the Dome. And, uh, you know, Coach, um, we, we continuously see these slow starts um, happen again last night. And and it's prompted, uh, you know, some of our listeners and, and certainly fans, and I'm sure you've heard the chatter as well, that, you know, maybe there should be a change made in the starting lineup. What, what, what are your thoughts on that about how you deal with, and you've got a lot of experience, you know, uh, being a college coach yourself. How do you deal with a guy, or in this case two guys, who happen to play the same position, uh, struggling and it's it's affecting the way this team gets out of the gates. Do you make a change? What, what do you do if you're Coach Beheim to get those two guys going? Well, hey Steve, good to talk to you and Mario. Saw him last night at the game, and uh, hey, uh, you know the, the biggest question now probably is going to be you've got 11 days off before the next game. Those guys all left. You know, some of them probably left last night after the game. Hope not, but they probably did to go home for Christmas. And they're going to be there for three or four days. By the time you come back, it's Christmas night. I think that's when they have their next practice. Um, you know, what has changed? You know, what has changed mentally? Um, does Coach, you know, look at this thing now and he's looking at the film and he's trying to decipher exactly what to do or not to do? And he's he's never been known as somebody that, that yo-yos the starting lineup. I mean, he kind of stays with it, and that's why it was so surprising yesterday that, you know, it came out at the second half and Judah Mintz didn't start, and then he started Cy instead. And uh, that was that was a little bit surprising to me. So he was either sending a message or, or something. He, he got him in there fairly soon. But, um, <clears throat> I, you know, in terms of what I would do, um, you've got some options now. I mean, Malik Brown has played exceptionally well. Um he rebounds the ball better than, than Benny Williams or Chris Bell um, or anybody else on this team other than Jesse Edwards. And uh, um, so, you know, he's going to get more time. There's no question of that. He's good around the basket. You know, the thing is he doesn't present as much of a, a threat, obviously, from a jump shot standpoint. Not that the other guys are making a whole lot of them. So, I mean, maybe that's what that's what the issue is at this point. Um you know, and then Kadir Copeland comes in and he plays well last night and, and gave them an energy that they had not had. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely has some options at this point. You know, if he makes a big change, you know, after after winning five in a row and then losing a tough game like this, you know, what does that message does that send to? Uh, my guess is, and I don't know any more about it than you or any of the fans or the listeners, is that he's going to stay status quo. And then we'll just make moves quickly according to what's happening out on the floor. But, you know, that, that is a concern that they've started so slowly. I'm not so sure it's just those two kids, you know, that, that, that is, are the problem here. But, uh, uh, but yeah, they, they, getting, getting behind the eight ball the way they have, you know, they were able to come back in a lot of those other games, but fits better than a lot of those, all those other teams. So they struggled trying to get back into it, but almost – Almost got it. That was the the heartbreaking thing. I can't imagine Jim Bayham and the coaches last night were feeling after that game. They 
proud that their team played well down the stretch and really came back, but terribly disappointed that they couldn't finish the deal at the end there. Yeah, we'll be singing a different tune this morning if Judah Mintz can, can you know, hit that shot at the end of the game. Coach, when I look at, at this team as a whole, you know, Coach Beheim is playing a lot of guys this year. He's got, got six new freshmen. Have you ever seen a, a team like him over these last, you know, 10, 15 years that he's had to play this many guys just because he doesn't know uh, his rotation right now? Uh, that's a really good point, Mario. And the answer is no, I've never seen him do that. I mean, anybody that's followed Syracuse basketball knows that he's always kept it at seven pretty much, but eight, you know, if, if there's some foul trouble and stuff. And now everybody's saying, well, he's finally using his bench. And I'm not so sure that that mentally is what his thinking or his, his philosophy is. It's just that, as you said, he does not know who's going to be there every game. And he's not sure um, who's going to come in and step in and do what he needs to have him done. And, uh, you know, Justin Taylor came in last night and did a nice job in his initial foray into the game. He made five points, I think, and was strong around the basket with a couple of jumpers and could have made a couple other ones that we, we watched him shoot. Um, then, you know, didn't do much after that. But, but he... You know, he's got somebody else coming in and doing that. Copeland, as I said, came in and got 10 big points for him and, and so on. So I, I don't think it's a it's something that he's looking in and saying, okay, I'm going to use nine or 10 guys tonight, or I'm going to play those kind of guys. I don't think so. I think he's just looking at it and saying, all right, I, I'm, he's reaching and he's, you know, searching for somebody to come in and fill that void. And, you know, he's given, he's given it to Benny and, and Chris and, you know, unfortunately, right now, neither one of them have been consistent enough for him to to feel comfortable with this. You know, you, you mentioned a moment ago that, um, you know, the slow starts aren't just because of Chris Bell and Betty Williams, and you're obviously right. There are a lot of issues at play. And um, when you look at this team, and, and Mario and I talked about at the top of the show, that there's there's issues on both ends of the floor, right? Especially when teams are face guarding Joe, they make his life difficult. Um, they're double teaming Jesse, and then where else is the offense going to come from? And we continue to see opponents uh, hit three-pointers at, at a high rate. What What is the bigger issue in, in your mind? Is it on the offensive end or is it on the defensive end? You know, um, I think it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, last night a couple times in the second half, Matt Park and I were looking and saying, well, where, where's the offense coming from here? You know, when they're pressing and they're trying to get back in the game. And they did a good job with that, by the way. But when they, who's going to score for them? And, you know, when you look at the whole picture of it, teams are beating Syracuse now because they're, they're taking 33s a game. And they don't have to make 16 of them to win the game. You know, when you add the numbers up, you know, you just, especially if they're getting some offensive rebounds like, like Pitt was doing last night and getting second opportunities on it, then then it becomes difficult. But teams are going to continue to shoot threes. That's it. I mean, there's no question that's the way they're going to break Syracuse's zone. And that that's how teams do that. And teams today, most every team has great shooters, has, has three or four I mean, legitimate shooters that they can space around the zone. Circus does not have that. At least they haven't shown that so far, that they've got that many three-point shooters. I mean, when you think really about the biggest win that Circus has had, it's at Notre Dame. It was a terrific win. It really was to come back. They got 62 points that game. They didn't get 82 points. You know, so they snuck through that because Notre Dame missed a ton of threes in the second half. And Circus kind of came back. But it wasn't like Circus just all of a sudden start scoring and getting it. So I think it's twofold. I think that somehow they've got to 
you know, defensively, you know, maybe they got to go more into the press, you know, earlier as part of their defense. Um, maybe they go back a little bit to the man-to-man. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not Jim Bayam. I'm not there every day watching practice and what he thinks that they can accomplish. And, uh, and, and they've gotten through against some of these other teams, you know, with the zone um, because they're better than them, you know, quite frankly. But, you know, once they're going to get into the league here and you're getting physical play and you hit right on it, Steve, they're not letting Joe Girard free. You watched it last night. It was right in front. I mean, they were hand-checking him the whole game. And, you know, the officials didn't call anything. Really, either way, I don't mean that they didn't call it against, you know, Pitt. I mean, they just didn't call much. And as a result, that, that hurts Syracuse. That puts them at a disadvantage and because they, Pitt was so physical with him. And they doubled Jesse every time. And, you know, his back is to the basket. He's not really a He's not really that kind of a player. You know, he's got almost turn face. You need to take that little short jump shot or put it on the floor and go to the basket. And uh, um, so they kind of took him out of the game last night. When you think about it, he played 30-some minutes and, and didn't get a double-double for the first time, didn't get double in either one. And, you know, the, for Sykes to be successful, he has to have a big game. So does Joe Girard. Joe, can, Joe played very well in the, you know, you know, the second half with it. With it. But, uh, you know, he's going to see that every game, Steve. He's going to see that same kind of physical play, you know, Teams aren't stupid, the opponents. They look at the film. They know exactly what they do. Last night we talked with Jake Prezzuti, who was their analytics guy. who used to be from Syracuse, and he talked all about the analytics of where Syracuse gets all their points from. You know, and they, if we think we can shut this off, we have a much better chance of winning the game, and that's exactly what happened. Coach, when, when they do that, when they're you know face-guarding Joe and, and slouching off on Jude to driving, what – does this offense need to do? Because as the guys talked in the locker room, you know, that that should give space for Jesse, but these teams are doubling Jesse every time he touches the basketball. How do you get your, your, your small forwards, your Benny Williams and your Chris Bells to move off the ball more? Is it, is it just that simple or am I reading into it too much? No, you know, I think it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, when they see a double team occurs, they got to get to the open spot. Might not be the same place every time, but wherever their man goes and doubles Jesse, they got to drop to a certain spot open. And Jesse's got to be able to work on looking to see where the opening is, you know, whether it's going to be cross court for a three or whether it's going to be somebody slashing to the, you know, high post or the foul line area and getting it and maybe taking a shot from there. So I think there's a number of things. And I think number two, from Joe's standpoint, I, I would be very happy. And I mean this sincerely. If, if some of our big guys got called for illegal screens, I really would. I'd say, okay, no problem. You know, at least I know that they're they're screening hard. Right now, Joe's just running in circles, and he's trying to run his guy off the screens, I think, but we're not getting a good piece of that guy. And as a result, you know, he's not getting shots, and every shot he gets is contested. And, you know, people can complain about him and say this and that, but I'll tell you what, if, 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 I don't know of anybody that's going to be able to, to, to get good shots off if you're going to be guarding him like that and you're not setting great screens for him. And Judo had to work incredibly hard to get shots last night to get into the lane. And they're going to be physical with him, too, by the way. I mean, you saw what he did last night. I thought he was terrific overall. But he's, he's going to take a beating. I mean, he's not a real big guy, and, and they're going to be physical with him every, every play. Yeah, it's, uh, as you said, it, that's something that's going to continue, right? I mean, it's 
It's not going away anytime soon. Uh, opponents are going to make it as, as tough as they can uh, on the Syracuse offense. And, and as you said, Coach, uh, hopefully everybody going home a couple days will do everyone some good, clear their heads, and they can come back uh, ready to work because there's a, there's a lot to do, a lot of work to be done to get to, to where they want to go. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, and, uh, and happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Coach, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Steve. Mario, same to you, guys. Great Have a good you, one. Coach. All right. Uh, there he is, Jim Sadlin. And uh, with that, we close out hour number one. We've got Tim Leonard set to join us at 115 in hour number two. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.